This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Chase Bliss Audio. Uh, they sponsor the show. They have a wide range of pedals. Uh, the most recent one we got from them, I think was the Therme, but um, they've got just a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, great company. Thermate's fantastic. of flexibility on all of their pedals. So much flexibility that they kind of scare me. Um, I did own a Tonal Recall for a while, though. I got the Thermate right here in my hand. Um, it's, it's a fantastic pedal. I, I can legitimately say that this thing is probably going to live on my board for a long time as a, like, always on delay. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it just has a really solid analog delay sound. It's actually really normal, so it can be an always-on, like, standard delay. And it's just so easy to just twist these knobs on the fly at the end of a set, at the end of a song, and get into the really weird stuff really quick. You turn the uh, the in, the INT 1 and 2 knobs, mm-hmm. and you get into the weird, like, pitch-shifting step filter stuff. Uh, yeah, it's got the dip switch bank on the back, but you don't need to mess with those to get into weird stuff with the Thermae. It's just sitting there ready to go. So I'm a big fan of it. I'm I'm re- I've really been enjoying this pedal. And if you've been watching my pedal boarding videos, you'll see that I've been using it a lot because it can be normal mm-hmm. or it can be really weird in a hurry. And of course, you can just get into the guts and like do all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. With it. Basically, if you're looking for at this point just about any effect except reverb, I guess um, that That's has the debate. a ton of options. Um, really, it's a compact size. All of their stuff. Um, it's digital brain, analog heart. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what else to say Forget, about Chase Bliss. Freaking Chase but, Bliss. You already know that they're awesome. Go buy stuff. Buy stuff till you're happy. Yeah, that's how uh, it works. This episode is also brought to you by Sinusoid. Uh, Sinusoid has a custom shop. We don't talk about it a lot, but basically, if you don't see what you're looking for on their site, you can email them and say, "Hey, this is the thing that I actually am looking for." And they'll let you know if they can make it. The uh, custom shop is so easy, and it's a lot of fun. I ordered a bunch of patch cables and other cables through the custom shop uh, to make my pedal board better. Mm-hmm. And they did make my pedal board better. I had to solve a lot of little problems that I had, uh, lengths of cable that were very specific to get from one pedal to the other, one side of the right. board to the other. And uh, it, it was fun and easy to, to go through the custom builder to do that. And the stuff showed up, and it works great. No problems. And it looks great. Works great. Looks great. Sinusoid cables. They make cables. And smiles. <laughs> You're not supposed to act You tricked like, me! You're not supposed to act like you hate saying it, Steve. <laughs> That's your line. You're supposed to say it. Not my line. <laughs> this is where we wait for the song. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hump, the guitar, buying, selling, training, mining, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. And that's where you say, suck it, Ryan. Suck it, Ryan. <laughs> I cut, when I did the Sweetwater episode, I said that after doing the intro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, people made a big deal about it. Yeah. Did you notice me 
pouring beer all over myself in the sponsor spot in the beginning. I took a big old swig of beer and it just spilled all over myself. Like a real yeah, drunk a hole over here. Yeah. I'm not drunk at all. Yeah, right. Second beer of Saturday. It's a Saturday, guys. Steve's not drinking because he's he's hungover. Yeah. <laughs> uh, beside that, what's new, Steve? Um, what's new is you ordered a bunch of Harley Bentons. I ordered so many Harley Bentons. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous how many I ordered. How many did you order? Four-ish. Four. How do you order ish? Because I ordered one of their their brand new ones, the Fusion models that have uh, humbuckers and Floyd Roses on them. Okay. And they like to ship uh, multiple guitars at a time if they can because they get them on the same order and it's, and it's the right. same price. Uh, so I said to the guy, because he told me like the Fusion might take longer and it might show up later because they're still getting them made. Oh, okay. I was like, well, if you want to, you could save one of the other guitars from my order to group with that one. Or you could group in this other guitar that I didn't order with it. <laughs> so I would be getting five guitars. Oh, okay. Uh, so I have no idea what's going to happen. I told him to use his judgment and that I trust him. <laughs> so we'll see. But I ordered that uh, that Mustang offset style thing. Right. I ordered uh, the semi-hollow like 335 style in Honey Burst, I think, or in Lemon Burst. So it's like a light color? Yeah, yeah, it's like a light yellow color. I'm excited to check that thing out. I didn't get to spend a ton of time with the semi-hollows at Toman. Um, I'm finally saying Toman right, by the I way. I noticed. I figured out how to do it after saying it a million times. Uh, I'm excited to check out that guitar because it's got uh, coil splits on it. Mm. I've always wanted a semi-hollow with a single coil sound, yeah. so I'm really excited to mess with that guitar. I ordered the Fusion, like I said. Mm-hmm. and Oh, I ordered the Tele with Filtertron pickups. Oh, so it's like a cab. Yeah, yeah. I don't have anything with Filtertrons in it, so I'm really excited to mess around with that. And uh, if we ever get the opportunity to, you know, get some premium Filtertrons in there from some sort of pickup sponsor or something like that, I've got something that'll fit them. Yeah, you that's know? cool. So I'm pretty excited about that. I had done a poll on a video asking people what I should get, and I had put it out there that I could get like a seven or an eight string and mess around with it and try to do mm-hmm. like uh, my own sort of playing style with them. And people voted for the Fusion much more often than that. So I figured that was a better buy. Is if So the Fusion's a six-string. It's not a... Yeah, but it's like a metal guitar. And I don't have a metal right. guitar. So it's, it'll be good to, to round out the uh, the quiver with that. And uh, I was really in between the semi-hollow and the Les Paul style that they have. Because mm. I really enjoyed playing that Les Paul, yeah. Les Paul style Harley Benton at Toman. Uh, but the, the vote was overwhelmingly for the semi-hollow, but I put that like option for a fifth onto the Les Paul. Gotcha. So, uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, if, if this goes well and if they're happy with how this turned out, I'll probably be doing more Harley Bentons in the future. So I can pat it out with other things. I was looking at their other instruments. I might pull the trigger on, I'm, my wife doesn't listen to the show much anymore, but I might pull the trigger on getting her like an electric violin or something like that. Oh, they have decent deals. I didn't know they had electric violins. Yeah. Uh, she played violin when she was in high school, and every now and then she talks about like picking one up again. So I might might pull the trigger on that for Christmas or something. Yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. They have other instruments there, too. So, you know, maybe I'll get a banjo or one of those uh, nylon string basses or something. I still got to say. I need to figure, I was out, what, a, I need I was to figure out what bass I want from them. You do. I I really liked that red, like, P-bass looking thing. Yeah. I don't know. I think you should pick 
But I like that one for you. I think, well, I think that <laughs> was that's my pick for like was, the, the base that looks like it belongs on. Yeah, Steve. I think that was the one that you sent me that I was like, oh yeah, that's that's cool. And that's I think like, I found that one. I mean, I've heard of Pure Michigan, but Pure Steve, sign me up. Pure Michigan is like an ad campaign for Michigan. Oh, weird. Yeah, that's a dumb joke that I made. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> All right, this first ad was sent by John Stockton. Oh, we're doing it. We're getting right into let's, it. Let's do this. You thing. don't have anything new? No. No, he says. How dare you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't. All right, let's get into it. Uh, the Rotoneck. Yeah, this is a Roberts Rotoneck 12. This was sent by John Stockton. Um, this is $3,500 on Reverb. Reverb. I've never seen this before. It's my first time too, Steve. But what we have here is a how do you it's even, guitars how do you what even, we have here is guitars how do you even play this that's what i'm wondering i guess like maybe i need to see a youtube video of is how it, this works because basically it can't be a slide thing because it's fretted so it's a try it's a single neck guitar that's in a triangle uh, the neck is a triangle shape, and um, I'm trying to figure out how many strings this thing has. What it's um, it's dual twelve string. Is it dual twelve? Yes. Why dual twelve? So each neck is a twelve string. Um, that is insane. Yeah, it says this is a Roberts Roto Roto neck twelve dual twelve string electric guitar. A very rare and crazy. Uh, here's more info. Inventor Kurt Roberts and his artist wife Elizabeth invented a multi-sided guitar neck as a means to supply guitars with a number of alternative tunings on a single instrument. At the 1979 NAMM show, Roberts displayed the first two-neck design with the double-neck eagle. In the early 1980s, Roberts introduced the roto-neck guitar that allowed the player to play all four sides of the square neck at the same time. Uh, the roto-neck... Um, I can't even imagine. The Rotoneck guitar was available in up to 1,100, yeah, 1,100 different combinations with two, three, and four-sided necks. It is unknown how many Rotonecks were actually produced. Selling as is will need setup work. Possibly a new nut on each neck. Strings are sitting low. This one looks like it was made in 1992. This thing is bananas. I can't imagine this times two, a four-sided neck. He might as well skip doing a square concept and just have a tube with strings all the way around it. Well, so, I mean, that's... that I so each Which is actually kind of a really fun idea. So it looks like each that. neck has kind of like a single blade pickup on it. Um, I can't tell if it moves or Who what. Who is this for? Who I don't... I just... This? I guess I need we need to jump on YouTube or and actually see one of these being played because I can't even understand how to play this. Like, do you have to sit down? Do you I like, can't I could conceptualize playing the bottom neck and your thumbs behind it? Yeah. I can't conceptualize playing the the the, right. the top fretboard that's like top facing you because then you're like your hands have to wrap around the other fretboard yeah like is it meant to be played like a chapman stick where like you hold it kind of upright and tap with both hands but it's 12 string who taps the 12 string that's, that's like they I say mean, that man. it's so to provide alternate tunings but 
to me, this feels like a dare guitar. Like, I bet you can't make this. And then someone's like, oh, well, I can do it. I'm going to make it. No, that's like, a, that's exactly what it feels like. The fact that it's double 12 strings is insane. Yeah. I was, ex- when I first looked at it, I was like, oh, one side's six and one side's 12. No, it's double 12 for alternate tunings. Why? Who, who plays alternate tunings on a 12 string anyway? And if you do, just grab a second guitar. Well, I could see like tuning a 12 string to like open, like a couple different open tunings. Or have one in like regular tuning and the other one in an open tuning. This is so specific. It had to be made for like, I know it, it said there are like 11,000 combinations or whatever. 1,100. 1,100. Gosh. Right. I know there's a, there's probably a very specific person out there that this was made for. Right. I can't wrap my head around it. No. And they're freaking, it kind of is attractive for the most part. Like it has a neat look to it. Mm-hmm. I kind of, if, if I was to custom order one of these, the, what would make sense to me would be having the top fretboard be like a slide guitar. Right. Like a six string slide. Mm. And then the, the, the bottom neck would be like a regular fretted yeah. six string player guitar. Yeah. Or you could extend the bridge down on one of them and have a baritone side or a bass side or whatever. We've seen guitars that have like, you remember the the guitar that there was another guitar on the back of the neck? Yeah. It's like that, but looks harder to play. <laughs> like, like, I can't imagine that guitar being harder to play, but this just looks impossible to me. It's, it's very, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about it either. It's the fr- the so freaking dinner plate of plexiglass on the top of it is stupid looking too. I think that's so you can like lay it down. I don't know. It looks like afterthought, like, like something isn't working. We need to put this plexiglass right. circle on the right. top of it. It's so you can put it in its case. And it, I don't know. Look at the back of the neck on this thing. Yeah. I it's like flat. I can't conceptualize triangle. how you even play. This. It looks like in the bottom of it is a square. It looks like someone carved it out of like a banister. The four by four. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I, I don't know. I don't I need, like I said, I, I, the only way I'm going to understand it is if I look at YouTube and see it. In it use. looks just like an art project. Like it doesn't look like a playable guitar to me. It's so bizarre. There's so many weird things out there. Like people talk to me sometimes like how do you get so much content out of just a guitar show like this stuff never stops yeah there's always another weird dumb thing out there to talk (laughs) about why is there so much weird dumb stuff in the guitar world speaking of getting uh, a lot of content out of this actually um so it's always weird like people at, at my job some people at my job like know that i do this right um, but it's not, and like, sometimes I get kind of like get crap for it, which is like, kind of like, it's kind I of, I hope you do. I like, know that if I had a desk job, people would be teasing me. They're like, me. they're like, yo, you got to go record your podcast. Oh, good. Have fun with that. I'm like, it's actually like a, it's a very like niche community. And like, I kind of every once in a while, I like throw it back and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go have fun making my podcast. That's part of a network of like, of. Things that all kind of fall under our brand, you know, like my 21,000 subscriber YouTube channel that you know nobody else. 22. 22 now? 
Dang, son. Time for another contest. <laughs> oh, yeah, boy. No, I'm going to wait till like 50 to do another so, contest. So, I mean, there's like weird things like that. Or like, you know, the Instagram channel, whatever it's at now, like 14,000. I think it's 11 Some, points. Is it 11? 11? Either way, like. doesn't matter. You, it's, Instagram doesn't matter. There are things that like. Hot, hot tip kids. Instagram doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just the thing where it's like people are like, oh, you're doing your dumb little show. I'm like, it's kind of a. A little bit of a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. Point. No, it's, I'm, I'm kind was, of a big deal. I was walking around Gear Fest at Sweetwater, and you wouldn't believe how many people were coming up because they recognized me. And a couple people were like, "Where's Steve?" Yeah. And uh, I was like, "I was like, you just pointed at Alan." I was like, "There's Alan Chapel. He kind of looks like Steve." <laughs> so it's funny. It's actually I showed I showed that picture from um, I think when you guys recorded um, to Melissa. And I go, "Yeah, I guess people were like." Coming up to one to one of these guys and asking if that was Steve, and she thought you were talking about Brant. Oh, that people were asking if Brant was me because I guess she's there's she said there was something about the face he was making that he's got that he's got that mustache that was like a face that I made. I was like, no, like it was Alan if, like, with the beard and the glasses yeah. and the creation hat. Yeah, I mean, if any anyone with dark hair, if they grew. a beard and put on glasses they could be like oh i'm steve yeah i mean same thing like if anyone had blonde hair and a beard they could be you they could be me like it's easy guys what are we talking about like a starter kit like if you want to dress hey guys dress like us for halloween all i'm saying send us pictures hawaiian shirt all you need is a hawaiian shirt to dress as ryan go trick-or-treating people be like who are you supposed to be (laughs) well i'm a weird adult male or female and I'm dressed like podcast hosts that yeah. no one else will I'm recognize. I'm dressed as a YouTuber. <laughs> um. All right. First topic. topic. Topic time? Topic time. We're, talk, we're talking topics. This was sent by uh, Jason Fuzzmonger. He says, you can go back in history to change the life of one musician. Who would it be and how? I'm gonna uh, let you the go one first. response on this that was from uh, Emily in the group. And she said, I'd get Prince off the perk. Uh and that's probably like I think yeah. she I think means of- take Prince because you said it so fast it sounded like Prince, the prince. fingerprints. Oh my gosh! She she's saying she would take Prince, the the artist who was formerly and then currently known as Prince, off the Percocet. Yes, that is so that he would not die in that way. When I first read it, I thought she was meant like. He wouldn't be allowed to play the drums anymore. Oh. And then I was like, oh, wait, this fe- is way darker than that. I have a feeling with, you know, various different artists that died in tragic ways like that, linked to addiction or depression or, you know, whatever terrible thing they were going through. It would be like a time loop sort of situation where you keep going back and keep fixing things, but that person keeps finding a way to destroy themselves by that point in the time frame. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I think I would... Because I think it's more complicated than just like, oh, this person was on this medication. I think there's like, those people have something inside them that they're dealing with. So you'd have to go back really far and really deep to figure out what that is. Yeah, I think... Maybe just get prints onto... Comfort eating instead of drugs. Oh gosh. Then he could, you know, just be really big and fat and die slower from diabetes. <laughs> That's really dark. <laughs> like what a strange. I was gonna say. Um, People hate me now. I guess this would that. be like less of I'm a sure of uh, 
less of a musician and more of a uh not a musician because then because now i can say three musicians okay um is tell the the roger peterson i'm looking it up uh the who was the pilot of the plane that crashed on the day the music died Ooh. hey bro maybe you shouldn't fly today yeah and now i've saved three musicians we get buddy holly back we get richie valens back and we get the big bopper back boom we've all won the topic we've all been missing that big bopper but like it's really (laughs) (laughs) i'm always listening to big bopper songs name one big bopper song um didn't he do um uh that's what i like is that him i think so the fact that you're saying I think so means that I'm pretty sure if Big Bopper Oh no, yeah. So he he's best known for his recording of Chantilly Lace. Okay. Um is that is that the song? Yeah, that is that song, Chantilly Lace. Okay. But let's agree that if the Big Bopper was the only one to get on that plane that day, we wouldn't be talking about it right now. That's fair. I'm just saying like nothing against you, Big Bopper, or the family of the Big Bopper. I'm just saying Richie Valens and how many you know, Richie Valens songs? Buddy can you Holly name? were the heavy lifters in that particular tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, you know if if uh, the then you know we can spiral that whole thing too. Like, um, does Waylon Jennings never go solo if Buddy Holly doesn't die in that plane crash? I don't know. Who who, who who do we need more? Do we uh, did we do we need an extended Buddy Holly career, or do we did we need Waylon Jennings? I'm going to vote for extended Buddy Holly. All right. Yeah, I'd love to see an extended Buddy Holly. Pause for comedic hey, effect. W- Waylon Jennings uh, died of diabetes. That's how rock stars die these days now. I suppose ever since we got time machines, we right, can go who, back who's, and prevent <laughs> prevent uh, drug addiction. Who's your choice? Uh, I I mentioned this in the in the post and before we recorded, but I would definitely go back in time. Well, here's here's my whole plan. We're talking about time machines. I'm definitely going to go for the phone booth time machine, Bill and Ted style. Okay. Um, I'm going to show up. Probably it's got probably got to be mid early '80s, maybe late '80s. And I'm going to be dressed like Rufus, of course. I'm going to show up to the singer of Sublime's house when mm-hmm. he's a kid. I'm like, listen, kid, you've got potential. You're going to go down a bright path. Things are going to be so good for you. You're going to be so famous and well-known. You are going to be the best damn insurance adjuster this world has <laughs> ever seen. Any other hobby that you have that you think is worth pursuing, ditch it. Forget about it. It's all insurance from now on. And I would have prevented Sublime from happening, and I would be so proud of myself. And I'm sure some other crappy white boy reggae band would have taken their place. I would feel satisfied with that outcome. Or I could just get him into comfort eating, and then he would die from diabetes. <laughs> I don't, I'm like laughing because you said it, not because it's funny. It's not funny at all. It's kind of like insensitive. I'm laughing because I said it too. It's very insensitive. It's really dumb. It's really stupid. 
And it's going to come back on me oh when gosh. I get diabetes because I definitely comfort eat. Um, That's why it's funny to me is because it's because it's your personal because it's true it's your personal <laughs> life. Um, yeah, I uh, I kind of like feel that a little bit, except I just want Sublime to put out more music so people could actually want them to make more music. So I want it to be where, yeah, he doesn't die. You know, if he did, that's true. If he didn't die, then he probably wouldn't have been as famous because people would have just gotten over him. Yeah. And yeah. They're like, oh, I, I that was that's... a flash in the pan. Now that, this, now that that's over, we can move on. Instead, we all got blasted with their four songs that were radio-friendly yeah. enough when they came out. And it became like this Southern California, like, classic thing for whatever reason. And I by seriously the way, did, don't ever want to hear they a have like song ever again. Three or four albums? I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not going to look it up. I'm pretty I just sure know, they have more than one I just know that album. if I listen to the radio for 15 minutes in San Diego, you're going to hear a like sublime song. Eight of those minutes are going to be sublime. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't think of anything else, anyone else that I would go back and like try to change their career with my. I mean, there's time probably machine. like there's probably a, the easy answer is always you know uh, for a lot of them is you know you go back and like try to get this you know person X or person Y you know some actual uh, you know therapy that's not drugs. I'd probably so, go. Know, I'd probably go I'll, back and like try, try to, to save all the members of the Twenty Seven Club. You know what's that? What's the Twenty Seven? It's all of the like. You've not. You don't know about the. Are those people club? who died at twenty? When at, they were 27? like age twenty-seven. It's okay. like Janis Joplin is in that group. I think Hendrix might have been in that group. Sure. Um, I think Kurt Cobain is in that group. Amy Winehouse, I believe, is in that group. Like, there's just a long list of like celebrities yeah. and a lot of them musicians who happen to die of either like. And this is why it's kind of like a a semi conspiracy thing. It's because it's like they were all twenty-seven. And they're all like people who died from either like drug overdoses or suicide. Mm. I don't think I would go back and like try to like prevent Kurt Cobain from like committing suicide or getting into heroin or whatever. I think I would go back and like try to like play matchmaker with him and like someone other than Courtney Love. <laughs> oh gosh. Because like, that probably would have never mind. That I would have been I would have been like, hey Kurt. Hey Kurt, uh I know, I know you're into like this Courtney girl, but Kim Deal's pretty cool. Maybe you should go like talk to Kim Deal. She looks like someone fun to date, you know. <laughs> like anyone, anyone other than Courtney. I don't know. This this topic is like so strange because it's really like it's this really abstract like what it's if? very morbid. It's pretty morbid. It's, it's pretty rough. Super morbid. I think the person asking probably wanted us to like go back and like introduce someone to a different kind of scale right or like hey maybe you should play bass instead instead we're like whose like death can we prevent in a like offensive really way really weird way <laughs> we're really just showing our hands as being awful people like you just threw that out there like i don't really care if kurt kills himself like but no, i wish he, you would have been married I to mean, a better person i mean my 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 concept there is that if he wasn't together with 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 uh courtney then he might not have gotten there also some people think she killed him so yeah i mean so there's that you know i don't know 
Take it, take it oh my gosh. any way that the, you want. The comment care. stream on this one is... No gonna... one comments on the podcast. No one's going to care. We actually get a lot of comments I on know. YouTube I'm on these. I'm joking. Everyone, Especially for like a... Everyone the... loves our show. We're at the top of our game. I'm this not saying without... Best I'm podcast. not saying any of those things. We are the best guitar podcast. Okay. <laughs> All right, this next ad was sent in by the inboxer, uh, Adam Dolhanek. Yeah, still this edit. From still Reverb. top of his game, too. Yeah, this is a 1980s question mark Gibson ES335 half guitar. It's a demo guitar. It's unfinished. It's unusual. It's a cool display item. It's $1,000. Why is it $1,000? This half guitar was possibly used as a training tool or exhibition or display to show people how a Gibson guitar is made. Uh, it was probably cut in half to illustrate the construction of a Gibson semi-hollow body guitar. Very cool. Uh, very cool how it shows the truss rod. This unit would make for a great display and conversation piece and perfect for collectors, man cave, or studio. Is it, though? <laughs> That's my question. Is it, though? No, it's not. A $1,000? I've seen this sort of thing in guitar shops before. Well, they'll like pull it out and like, hey, yeah. take a look at this. I've seen like half acoustic guitars before. I've never seen a half ES-335. I feel like the ES-335 is like one of the, it's actually not a good guitar to have cut in half too because it's a semi-hollow. So what you're really, what it's cut along is the like the, you don't see the chambering right? It's cut through the the maple block. They the should have block. cut through it going widthwise, so you so you can see the, the hollow nature of it. They should have cut both directions, like cut it down and then just make a hard a hard left. Any thoughts on whether or not this guitar is still playable as a three string guitar? Um, and the truss rod is exposed and probably cut in half here, so probably not, right? But if you put very light strings on it, you might be able to make it work. I don't know. I, I guess I should have looked at other pictures besides just the one. But... I think we've only got the one picture, unless it's still up on reverb. I think it's up on reverb. Because I screen grabbed it off of the group, I think. Unless you pulled this one? No, I, I pulled this one. Um, I keep having the burps. I'm sorry. Another reason why it's a bad idea to have a display for a Gibson cut in half this way is that everyone's going to be able to see the reason why the neck joint is so fragile. <laughs> there's like there's like a fourth inch of wood like holding the neck on, holding the headstock on underneath the, the truss rod route. Like there's barely any wood when you see a, a Gibson headstock cut in half like that. I don't know. This the the thing that I keep coming back to is that it's a thousand dollars for this. Yeah. How much can you get an ES three thirty five for? Like one that's not cut in half. Um, like two and a half grand used. No, depending on the year, cheaper than that. Depending on the year, cheaper. I'm pretty sure you can get them in like seventeen, the mid grand range. So you think seventeen is a good guess? Sure. Seventeen. Let's say seventeen hundred. And that one won't be cut in half. Like you would have to spend two thousand dollars to get two halves to put them together. Get one functioning yeah. guitar. Um, the cheapest listing on it looks like on um, Reverb right now is oh, is like 
2000 stuff. Huh. I got pretty close so, then, huh? So I'm apparently underestimating the value of these. It just seems dumb to me. Like, are there any listings for a cut in half display model on eBay? Oh, I don't know. I'm not on eBay. It's not like this is something that is desirable in any way. Yeah. Like, no one wants to hang half a guitar up in their man cave. I don't know. If I, I have a man, if I had a man cave, I'd want a full guitar in it. That's all I'm saying. And I just don't see the draw of like. I mean, maybe somewhere like center- what's a what's a guitar that you would want to see cut in half so you could see the construction. I was going to say like maybe something like Center City Music might be interested in this, uh, because they're like a at least the last time I was there they were like a Gibson only specialty store. Right. Right. Um. Otherwise. Like I can't see like a private like any purpose to privately own this. Um, what's a guitar I want to see cut in half? And you're gonna have to get a special um, half case to store it. How do you hang this on a wall? Yeah, you're gonna have to get a special hanger made for it. I guess you could probably see it in like a banjo hanger or something like that. Mm. Um, I think you just have to like have a special like mount. Hmm. I was saying, like a banjo hanger is going to be thinner. Oh, okay. or like a violin hanger, you know, it would hold the neck. Hang it, hang it from a string. Yeah. Um, I would say maybe um, what I would want to see cut in half is like a like a old Dano. Yeah, like Dan Electro. I've like always wanted to see inside a Dan Electro, like see what's actually going on in there. I think that's what I would. Or I would like a old airline, like a resin yeah, glass, something like that. Yeah. Or even like a true, have a true, like full hollow body would be kind of interesting. Mm. I don't, I wouldn't want to own any of these things though. I'd want to see it, but I I wouldn't want it. You know what would be neat is a chambered Les Paul with the cap off, but strung up Mm. with the hardware so you could see the chambering and play it at the same time. Right. Maybe like a chambered Les Paul with like an acrylic cap. That'd be interesting. Chambered Les Paul. Oh, yeah. I see how that would work. Yeah. I don't know. Or like the fiberglass cap. I don't know. Yeah. Rezo glass. Something that you can... You can see you through can it. see through it. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. That would be like a fun demo model in a store. So you can like compare like a solid to... Yeah. A chambered. Feel the weight difference. I don't know. Let's move on to the next topic. This yeah. is boring now. This next topic is also sent by Jason Fuzzmonger. He says, why... This is a multi-part. We got a double Jason. Uh... Double Jason Fuzzer. Why are companies just within the past few years starting to take practice slash travel amps seriously? So, um, and well, I think the technology is there now. I think the technology is there. And I think that the demand for like house playing, uh, is there. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a way for some of these amp companies to kind of compete against modelers I think modelers are popular enough, but there's people who like, you know, so they're playing modelers through headphones or whatever, but maybe they don't want to play through headphones. Um, but they don't want to like pull out like a, a full, a full like amp. Yeah. Um, one of the guys that I work with, he was telling me that he's been, uh, like he used for years, like the, the black star HT one, which is a one watt tube combo with reverb. Uh-huh. So like that's like a cool thing. Um, and I guess like he was saying that he uses it in the house. I was telling him about my black star fly, um, which is like, 
just um i love that thing i don't really use it enough you know you did that little video where you used it after putting together some uh some patch cables yeah like hey that works yeah it sounds decent over an iphone speaker you know not bad not bad yeah no you can, you can dial it in real clean it's i mean you can dial it in dirty if you want it's got a overdrive button mm -hmm. and and you know separate volume and gain knobs but yeah i really like it and it's really good for um like testing pedals or stuff and and i the last time i used it when i did that facebook live video where i redid my, the rest of my pedal board um i used that amp and i was like playing it like playing all my pedals through it at like 10 o'clock at night and my wife was sitting on the couch it's like maybe it was 11 it was pretty late um and she, at no point was she like you need to stop that you're gonna wake up the kids. right right or you're going to annoy the neighbors or whatever. Well, it's not moving enough air to really be that big of a deal. It's yeah. like a TV speaker at that point, you know? So, um, so I was like, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, so I, I think, yeah, the technology's there. Um, I think some of companies just recognize that, I don't know, that the market is there. Yeah. And, um, and I mean, that kind of market has always been there, I guess. Um, well, not everyone, like... Also, there's there's the market of like the aging, you know, baby boomer guitarist that can't carry heavy stuff anymore. Right. He's looking for an alternative. But then I think people our age and younger are open to new technologies and aren't necessarily like, oh, I've got to have a half stack. Yeah, it is kind of interesting because, um, you know, you do have that um, that whole deal with, um, like when I my first amp was a crate gfx 15 because that's yeah. what like practice amps when did you, you have the digital one or the, the digital one? one i had the spring reverb the, one. so the you know practice amps even 10 years ago all your practice amps were just like eight watt you know eight in, you know 10 watt eight inch speaker 15 watt. deals you know 15 watt yeah. eight inch speaker like you no one was using anything smaller and than not an speaker. not capable to hold up in a band at all um, the only thing that you could really get smaller than that were like, were like pocket amps, like the, you know, the Fender twin little, the little, thing, little smokies or the little smokies or whatever. And it basically all those were, were, um, like, uh, you know, distortion pedals. Yeah. And then you had things heart, like, like hooked up directly to a, to like a half inch or like yeah. a one inch speaker. And then you had things like the micro cube come along, which is a decent like busking. Yeah. Amp, but it's not going to fool anyone into thinking like it's a real amp. And then came kind of like the low wattage revolution. Yeah. This wasn't a revolution, but you know what I mean? Like people becoming aware of low wattage tube amps as tone machines. Mm -hmm. And so we went down that road for a while, but in my opinion, all low watt tube amps kind of sound the same. So like you can only buy so many champs, right? Right. <laughs> and, but now we're at this place. For what it's worth, the champ has at least the, so I played a Silverface champ once and was surprised at how much headroom oh, they that thing had yeah, for yeah. a five watt amp. Uh, so now we're at this place where people are messing around with new tubes. They're messing around with uh, some decent sounding solid state mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, they're messing around with low wattage tube stuff still, of course. Yeah. Um, I got to try some stuff at GearFest that I was pretty impressed with. Uh, I mean, I'd already tried out that Vox MV50, mm -hmm. which actually sounded really decent with the, the new tube in there. I tried that out like a year ago, 
uh, and then I sent it back because I was unhappy with its power shut off when you plug it into a 16-ohm speaker and turn it all the way right. up, which most people will never, ever do. But I was really just looking for a reason to return an amp that I couldn't see myself using <laughs> because I don't actually like the Vox sound. Right. Uh, I, I've learned that now. But I was impressed by how close it sounded to my AC-15 at the time through the same speaker. Yeah. Like it had the same character. Um, I got to try out... Uh, uh, Hot Ones or Hotones new amp pedals. They've taken their two, they have these little mini heads mm-hmm. that people like. They've taken two of them and crammed them into a pedal enclosure. Oh. And they're 70 watt solid state amp with two different voices in it and two different sets of controls. So you have one that's like a Fender uh, blackface sound and then like a Mesa sound in one box and then one that was. Man, I forget. But the other side of it was was like a high gain thing, and then another like cleanish thing. Uh, they sounded great. I tried them there in a tent mm-hmm. in an outdoor setting, and it's like this sounds like my Princeton almost, like right. the Fender side of it. I was really impressed with how good it sounded, and it's just all solid state in a in a pedal this big. I was trying to get them to pull out the power supply so I could see how big the brick was. Oh, I, they couldn't actually do it was hidden. I'm assuming it was like. You know, one of these things, the, like a like the size lap, of like a laptop, like a laptop. I was going to go for an eclair, about the size of an eclair. <laughs> Comfort eating, guys. Oh man, that's a thing I should have talked about on what's new is that I need to get a power supply. Mm. Like and then, uh, and then I tried out the blue guitar, right? And I just realized pre-ep that it's spelled B L U G, yeah, and not. Blue because that's the name of the of the guy uh, the artist yeah yeah that it's made for I tried out one of those and it's got the new tubes in it mm. I thought it sounded fantastic it's got a bunch of different gain options on it uh, it's uh, did I already mention it's got a, like a new tube in there too really you did really great sounding amp and it's another pedal format that's a lot bigger than the than the Hotone but it has a lot more options a lot more like tonal characteristics to mess around wow that's a hundred watt. Is a hundred watts? What's the price on those things? Eight hundred bucks. Eight hundred. I don't remember blue, what the hotones were. Blue, gu- blue guitar. So there is only one G, but also Vox uh, just came amp out one one hundred watt four channel pedal board amp with nano tube. They came out with an amp head that's nano tube that's a lot more expansive than the uh, the the small ones that right. I tried. So I haven't tried one of those. I'm assuming they're pretty dang decent. But yeah, stuff is happening right now where you don't need a traditional amp anymore. Yeah. To to get a good sound. There's a lot of options right now. I don't remember the the topic. Like what was the point of the topic again? Uh it was <laughs> just why companies are doing this all of a sudden. Why are they doing this? I because think, they can. I, I think some of it too is I think there's been um like you said, like uh, the technology probably was just wasn't there 10, 15 years ago. Um, but I think there's also like a lot of mu- a lot of professional musicians who do a lot of like fly rig or fly gigging, where they mm-hmm. just fly to a place. Yeah, they're they're looking for fly rigs, and they know that when they get to wherever they're going, um, that like there there's backline provided. But maybe they want something where they can you know woodshed in their hotel, like they're so they're going to sure. fly in. They're going to spend a night in a hotel. They're going to play the gig the next day, and they want a wood shop 
Um, so they just need something that works for that. Well, imagine this kind of fills that like, because now, you know, you think about like, um, you have your fly rig, like whatever your four pedal, uh, pedal board. And, uh, and, um, you know, you just want a small amp that you can throw in with it. Or you, you have like a, uh, uh, some kind of preamp solution, like, a you know, a the Palmer pocket amp that I have or, or the Sans amp, like those kinds of things. Um, yeah, it's, well, imagine, it's kind of interesting. Imagine you're a traveling musician and you're on the level that you know that there's going to be a backline provided for you wherever mm-hmm. you go. But you could travel with one of these little amp right. boxes that are it's like a pedal format or it's a small head or whatever. Do you want to show up and like just like gamble with what amp is going to be provided for you as backline? Or do you want to bring one of these things where it's like you're familiar with it, you know what it does, you know what it sounds like. It might not sound like your most ideal like tube amp head in the world, mm-hmm. but you're familiar with it. Right. And you know exactly what it's going to sound like. Would you rather like plug that into the backlines, uh, the, the cab that comes with the backlines amp? Or do you want to take a risk on the back line? Yeah. I don't you know, know, like I think familiarity goes a long way mm-hmm. with your rig. You know, if, if you know what an amp is going to sound like and what it's going to do with your playing, then that's better than taking a risk. Right. Even if it's an interesting idea, even if in reality or, you know, subjectively or objectively that amp doesn't sound as good as your ideal. Yeah. You know, um, so the topic, the questions go on to ask if you could drive the ship in development, basically if you could like build your ideal travel amp or whatever, like what would it be? Mm. And then to me specifically, what would I do differently for guitar and bass versions? Mm. Um, just off the cuff, like I know Blackstar has a fly, uh, fly bass version. Yeah. And I don't really, I tried to figure out what the difference was. I looked it up and I think it maybe is just a beefier speaker. It's the same size. Sure. And I think I couldn't figure out um, if the cabs are the same size as well. Um, well, bass is interesting because if you're, if you're going somewhere that has a decent enough PA, then you can run into house too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, but so I, I don't really know what the fly three base, like why it's different. Sure. Uh, but they do call it a compact mini bass guitar amp. Um, and it's, I, but it, so I don't know if there's a difference in the feature set. Um, I think like a, something that I would, um, okay. Yeah. It has a sub control and compressor. So instead of the a guitar one has a built-in delay, um, this one has a built-in compressor. Hmm. Um, that makes sense. So that's that's cool. Like that's a cool feature. Um, it said, oh, it said there's a sub control, but I don't see it. Oh, okay, now I see it. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. So it also has like it says a it says a sub control sets the level of the harmonic generator. This produces an additional low frequency tone mm. as mixed in with the normal signal. It gives the perception of increased low-end girth and incredible bass from a mini amp. Right. So basically, I think... What, it's a sub-octave thing. Yeah, what they're, that's exactly what that's doing is it's recognizing that 
you know, this um, doesn't actually like fill all of the features. Like the circuit itself can't necessarily handle bass as well or reproduce low end bass that well. So they've they've worked around it by using a like an octave generator, basically. Right, right. But don't a lot of bass amps have a sub octave? They do. Yeah. They do. Actually, that Behringer that you well, had, yeah, the Behringer that I have uh, has that. But yeah. I'm saying like so. I'm saying like that's not an uncommon but the, feature. Uh, one of the bass players at my church got a new amp head mm. that has that built in, and I don't remember the maker model, but it was like it's not a Behringer. It's a higher end amp. And it has Is a, it a Bucera? I don't remember. I'll that, was, I'll that was a joke. If he plays tomorrow, I'll I'll try to. Figure I think it out. Mark Bass has it. On, it might be a mark base on their stuff too. It might be a mark um, base, but yeah, there's a common a, option. There's a lot of that's a common option. I think putting a compressor is a is a really is a thing that a lot of bass players use yeah. or want. It still has overdrive on it, so that's kind of a cool feature too. Um, I know I'm only really talking about the Fly Three bass, um, which again I have not actually used, but I think those are important features to bass players. Um, for something that's going to be ultra portable, but still produce sound as far as like a compact amp, like the, in the way that the, the blue, the blue guitar uh-huh. amp one is, I mean, bass players have kind of had options like that for a long time in terms of things like, uh, you know, the bass pod XT sure. like versions like that. Sure. Um, so I think, um, but I think for an essential, um, actual compact amp combo um if it if you need a sub sub octave generator to get like the real rumbly tones that's really important and having the compressor effect again was like a cool thing i don't know if i don't I think like we're going in circles i don't this. think roland ever produced anything like that from like their cube series like the cube series was all i thought there was a base cube was there a base cube could be wrong and then like are we going to get a katana base I kind of wish they would come out with a, a Katana bass amp just to like hit that price point and hit something that's like make it whatever watts it needs to be, yeah. whatever specs it needs to be to be an affordable uh, bass amp that can hang with a band. Yeah. Like that's like if there was a Katana bass version, I would just buy it and be like, this oh, is I was more, my bass amp. I was more thinking of like the like a bass version of the Katana Air. Oh, I see or what like you're saying. The, or sure. the Katana Mini. Yeah, I think anytime you're going that small, like bass just gets kind of funny. I don't know. What do you? What would you? Uh, what What would you do if you're driving the ship? If I was coming up with like a mini amp, yeah, like a travel amp, uh, I would like legitimately probably come up with some sort of new tube uh, version of like a Fender amp sort of mm. thing. Like if there was a like a new tube amp that could do a twin sound. A Vibrolux sound, a Princeton sound, and like a Champ sound in one head, like that would be my go-to. You know, that would be a great amp for me, and it'd be like this big. I could take it anywhere. You know. Yeah. And then leave. Don't try to. Don't try to fake the reverb with it, Fender. If you do this, just do it dry. Just do it dry and give me an effects loop so I could add an amp style spring reverb into the loop if I wanted or just run, you know, like an Ocean's Eleven or the Ventress before it as a, my drippy thing. Unless they really figure out how to do a drippy reverb, just 
leave it off there. You know, that's all I'm saying. Although it would be interesting to see a Fender Reverb unit reproduced with new tube technology. Hmm. I wonder yeah. if they would be able to pull that off. You think it would just be what cheaper? Yeah, cheaper, easier to manufacture, maybe. Yeah, smaller. Hmm. They could put it in a plastic case instead of a big, you know. Do you know his new tube? Because typically with new tube, it's just uh, 12AX7s that they're replicating. I don't know how to build stuff. All right. I don't know the specs. Anyway. I know that Surfy Bear made a really drippy reverb by swapping tubes with bifets. So. Right. If if they, if that can work, then why wouldn't a new tube work? I don't yeah. know. All uh, right. Uh, let's thank our sponsors again. Of uh, course. Sinusoid. Pro Audio Couture, uh, they make cables. And smiles. There we go. And uh, Chase Bliss Audio, uh, makers of many fine products, including the Thermae. Yeah. So um, Fantastic. Thanks, guys, for sponsoring the show. Go check out those companies. Um, Our last ad, brought to us by Charles Gibson. It's not really an ad. It's kind of an ad. Um, It's kind of a topic. uh, It's It's kind of like just a funny post. It's a topic with a color. Yeah, it's a funny post. Charles says, apparently the hard rock could have could also have used a Steve proofreading. Uh, so Steve usually proofreads any videos I do that have captions in it because I am awful at spelling yeah. and grammar. Anything with words, really, I'm pretty bad at it. Talking, bad at talking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you can tell me what they did wrong here because maybe I'm just not catching it. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Because it says it in the... I know, I know trying to find the ad here um oh you can't see it so anyway they uh hard rock casino misspells rhythm on its giant 30 foot les paul so they got one of these like giant guitars to you know put outside of the the casino or whatever Mm -hmm. to advertise and um it's a les paul and on the you know les paul has a rhythm and treble switch and on it rhythm is spelled r-h-y-t-h E-M. Yeah. Instead of Y-M. Um, or sorry. It's, T-A- it's H-M at the end it's of rhythm. It's just H-M. And yeah. they did they, they e- added an E. E-M. T-H-E-M. Rye-Vem is yeah. how they spelled it. Um, I would have misspelled treble if I was in charge. I'm, I'm bummed that they did How would you have misspelled treble? Double Bs. Oh, uh, yeah. No. <laughs> that makes sense. Treble. So, um... If you had to like put labels on things on like a guitar pedal, like what are all of the things that you think you would misspell? <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Drive. I was I was mentioning to you in the pre that D R R I V E E. I would I should come out with a line of my own like guitar hardware, like knobs and stuff that has misspelling on it, like the like a strat set. And like the tone knob is spelled T O A N. The thing is, is people would probably think you did that one on purpose. Yeah, because it's Cause kind of like a, a meme. Yeah, the meme joke. But find a way to spell volume wrong. Yeah, spell tremolo wrong. Oh my! I God. already say it wrong, so why not, right? Yeah, Sp- spell it. Spell it the way you say it. Uh huh. Spell the name of the company of the of the brand wrong that I'm playing. <laughs> Jeez. I always second guess myself when I'm writing out Princeton. Does it have an E at the end? It does. No. I, wait. You're right. It doesn't. It's See? Print T-O-N. I just had to look at the Princeton right there. E-R-I-N-C-E-T-O-N? Yeah. That's it. 
Nailed it. I'm always like, is there an E? Is there not an E? So I would come out. Here's I mean, my, there is an E. It's just not where you think I it is. Know. I would come out with a custom or a signature Ryan Burke Princeton that has an E. Princeton. Is that how you would pronounce it? Yeah. Princeton. Oh, you mean an E at the very at the end. end? At the very at, end. So Prince Tone. Right. You want Prince it to be Prince Tone. I want a Prince Tone and a Prince Tone with a with a T O A N knob on it. Oh my gosh. No, that's how it should be spelled. Prince Tone. T O A N. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. You have anything to add to this? Yeah, you need you need to write some more articles so I can spell oh check some gosh. things. Oh my gosh. And we need to restructure the website so I can be more motivated to write uh, articles. Uh, let's wrap it up. Let's yeah, this here. song let's was sent by uh, Leon Wright from Pelican Noiseworks. Oh, Pelican fun. Noiseworks. Um, he says, this Cheers, is a song Leon. from a band that I was a drummer of long ago, a joke band for sure called Hogan. This song was very much done around the super cheap sound effects from a Yamaha keyboard. That is the only explanation I can give. This song is called What's That? Never Heard of Them. Uh, hope you enjoy this, guys. Boom. We made it. We made it to the end. Woo! Bye, everybody. See ya. Slash the ties on my car.